Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So, without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for two falls. And today's topic, the legacy of the NWO, part two. WCW pulls off a major move for Bash of the Beach in 97. So we're talking a year later after, you know, the big third man move. They get Dennis Robin to tag with Hollywood Hogan and take on Lex Luger with the Giant in the main event. Because obviously the Giant has already moved back. I mean, okay, whatever. There's a lot of stuff there we miss, I guess. But this created huge mainstream media coverage, which further cemented WCW's place as the cool promotion. Was it good? Not really, but Dennis Rodman coming up, who's just such the black sheep of the NBA, um, joining that faction at a time is absolutely perfect for ratings. Is it not? Yes, and it was it was everywhere. And, you know, they started a rung among wrestling purists. WCW was getting the name here where the undercard is worth watching if you're a wrestling fan, but the casual fan yep. will stay for the main event because it's with the old people with the big names, and then they'll get the Rodmans and stuff or whatever. So it's like WCW yeah. was known as the company with two different things. You had this compelling storyline of the NWO that casual fans, and you know Hogan was at the helm, so casual fans would still watch, but then the hardcore wrestlers would watch the cruiserweights so they were known as that that thing you're a wrestling fan you can go ahead and shut it off by the main event but if you're you know a casual wrestling fan you could watch the main event and you could watch everything and yeah the dennis rodman thing is not to be understated it was a big deal for 1997 and a really big deal they were the first promotion beside vince who obviously all the time got celebrities for wrestlemania this is the first promotion in the u.s especially besides vince to get a major mainstream star that sparked the interest of the casual viewer like WCW again by this time as a fan I thought yeah they're just doing the same shit every week but they were on fire with the casual viewer which every boom period is always fueled by the casuals I know a lot of wrestling fans the wrestling purists the hardcores whatever you want to call them they get all mad and shit and I'm important too you're not important to them you want to know why they know you're always going to be around whether you like the product or you're bitching you're a hardcore fan you're always going to be around the casuals bring the boom periods in they bring the big money I mean, this is this is fucking proof positive here. And then you go back to the rock and 80s. Same thing. Mr. T, the explosion, MTV relationship, Hogan being the guy like it just kind of all worked out twice for Hulk. Again, greatest of all time. Uh, reinvented himself twice. Fuck everybody else. I have to admit, last night, New York City, you and I put Dennis Rodman through the NWO initiation. And we got to admit, our afterburners are still smoking, brother. So all I gotta say for all you NWOites out there, let's kick back to a little piece of footage to document. It was. It was getting. Yeah. It was getting redundant here. If you're a wrestling fan looking for, you know, something different every week. Well, However, to, you, would, you would have to think eventually that someone else has to get a piece back, and there has to be movement some way in the other direction. And this is where, like, you could even argue. Um, is nothing sacred. And I know I'm going off your notes a little bit, but I, I promise I'll stick to them, Jess. But, I mean, Ar- Arn Anderson is legitly hurt, and Arn Anderson can't wrestle anymore, okay? And there's the famous My Spot, uh, you know, promo put on by Arn Anderson where he literally gives his spot in the horseman to Kurt Henning, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. The problem with that is, like, as soon as that happens, he he turns coat faster than anyone you could possibly imagine and, and also joins the NWO at Fall Brawl of 97. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, when are you going to see a turn of the tide? And you just you just never see that. If I mean, I hate to say it. 
you can beat the shit out of somebody for so long, and eventually I'm just going to stop watching it. Eventually, I just I, I keep driving by. But um, you know, but like any know, view, yeah. the, any habits they say take a while, right? Like even if a product starts getting bad on a high rated television show, it takes, it takes a while for the ratings it. to go down because the loyalists, everyone's a creature of habit. The and loyalists that's true. will stay. It was still high. It was still huge. Right. We'll, now. we'll yeah. get to it eventually. It's coming up quick. But the payoff with Sting was the key. And it and, and we're gonna get to it whether it was a success or it was a failure. Well, that's right where um, we are. Like it was clear that yeah. he would, you know, this is in Starcade of '97. He would descend from the Raptors and challenge Hogan for the title. And uh, you know, this has been his first match for 15 months. You know, this is the climax. Um, it was uh, fi- seventeen thousand five hundred fans in Starcade '97, and everybody saw Sting defeating Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WCW Championship. However. There's a ton of speculation of what happened in the back and what happened the day of, and it led to more questions than answers. Obviously, Sting did not happen with Sting taking the title on. And just that small side note, Bret Hart is already coming into WC by this time, fresh off of his Montreal screw job. This is crazy, crazy stuff that comes down here. I don't know if anybody else wants to take take it first, but this was no matter how sick and tired you got of the NWO in 97, the same thing every week, the run-ins, the no contest, the DQs, the sting angle had to pay off. It was the one thing that they had to get right for everything. They did incredibly at the end of 96. And we talked about it passionately about how good everything was. 97 was opposite a year later. And they were just relying on repetitive motion they were just relying on that because they were like, Bischoff's like, my shit doesn't stink. No one's getting tired of my shit. Every week, the ratings are going up, and they were. And they were still in the middle here of beating the WWF like a drum every single week. So why would they think anything needed to be urgent? Well, the sting angle had to pay off. The buildup was great. Everything was ready. 17,000 people. Here we go. And they fucked the matchup. First of all, the match itself was forgettable. They didn't do anything special. They didn't sting. Didn't have any kind of passion of this guy that was held in the rafters for, you know, whatever months or whatever. Hogan didn't really have any kind of like fear or fire in him. They did a by the books matches. And at the end, I'm just going to start off with this is what was supposed to happen. So Brett coming in from WCW from WWF after the Montreal screw job was he was he was brought in a starcade. You could have just brought him as a special guest referee for Sting versus Hogan, which would have made total sense. But instead, he was brought in as a special guest referee for uh, uh, Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco. Looking over the celebration. 7.5. Now, talking about that million dollar contract again. Well, I'll tell you what, Bret Hart. Yes! Yeah. How about that? Yeah, there you go. There you go, Bret that Hart. answered your question. Yes. There you go, Bret Hart tradition. And it made no sense. So so already I'm like, they're misusing Bret Hart. They're knocking him down the card. He should be the special guest referee of Brett of Sting and Hogan. Why would he not be? But they didn't do that. So, OK, fine, whatever. You know, Brett debuts earlier on the card and then in Starcade, he gets a big pop. He fucking is Mr. Is that good the guy. first thing he ever did? Yes. He was a special guest that, referee at Starcade. Absolutely. For Zabisco? Oh, my God. I, yep. have no, I have no memory of this. That's crazy. Yes. Okay, so, sorry. Continue. So, but the, the match between Zabisco and Bischoff was for control of WCW. So, obviously, uh, if um, – I or not control of WCW. It was some kind of stipulation on the line. Um, oh, no, golf, that's right. Golf if, clubs. If, yeah, if Bischoff won, it would become NWO Nitro. If Zabisco won, it would stay WCW Nitro. That's what it was. So – so Brett goes out there. He does special guest referee. He makes sure there's no bullshit. Zabisco beats Bischoff. All is good. Crowd cheers for Brett. Fine. So you get to Hogan and Sting later that night. Again, their match is underwhelming. Okay, fine. The ending's got to pay off. Fucking Sting has got to beat him clean in the middle of the ring definitively and end this shit. He's got to to pay off for the 15 months up in the rafters. It has to happen. And you know what? Even though I could see it coming a mile away. That's what we all wanted and needed. It had to happen that way. It's basic storytelling. So here's what happened. Here's what, okay, here's what is supposed to have happened. So they have the match. Hulk hits a big boot. Hulk drops the leg. Nick Patrick, 
who was a heel referee, which I left out of my notes. He was a part of the NWO earlier in the year as well. He was like the heel referee, which gave more heat to the NWO because now they have referees on their side. Anyway, about a month before this, Nick Patrick says, I, I want my old job back. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have aligned with the NWO. I want to prove to you guys. So the whole thing they built with, with Nick Patrick was that, I don't know if we could trust him. I don't know. He refereed a lot of matches before Starcade down the middle, did a great job. I don't know if we still trust him. How the fuck did he get to become the referee for the main event of Sting versus Hogan? Oh, man, this is drama that we got to tune in to see. Okay, I'm buying all of that. Sounds good. So Hulk hits the big boot, drops the leg. Nick Patrick counts one, two, three. Sting doesn't kick out. Hogan wins. Everybody was like, what the fuck is happening right now? So... Yeah, that's what that's what actually happened. Here's what was supposed to happen. Hogan big boot, Hogan leg drop. Nick Patrick obviously decides I'm evil still. Fuck you guys. Gets down, does an obvious fast count. Sting kicks up like, what the fuck just happened? You just totally fast counted me. They give the belt to Hulk. Nick Patrick obviously reveals himself as he's still a dickhead. He's still part of the NWO. Brett comes down, gets on the mic and says, I just came from a place that allowed this shit to happen. I'm not going to let this happen again. I am referee still. I am referee still tonight. Re-ring the bell. Sting gets in there, beats Hogan clean in the middle. Everybody goes home happy. Okay. I can get by that. But like I said, here's what happened. Hulk gets in the back. Hulk gets in the back and tells Nick Patrick, I want you to count normal. This is, there's been a million shoot interviews about this. It depends on who you believe. And Nick Patrick said, I talked to Bischoff earlier. Bischoff told me to do a fast count and to become a dick again, to turn heel again. Uh, that's the whole swerve. But then Brett comes out, stops it. How, how awesome would that be? Brett would get all kinds of great face heat for that. Sting would still beat Hogan clean. And But what ended up happening was Nick Patrick said, Bischoff told me to do something else. Hogan said, I already talked to Bischoff. Trust me, I have control. It is what it is. Like, so when they went out there, when he was supposed to fast count Sting in this fucking botch, they eliminate the entire 15 months and the drama that they build up. Big boot, leg drop, one, two, three. A clean well, can I- a clean count. So everyone is like, what the fuck just happened? Brett still comes down and does the whole, I'm not going to let this happen again. But everyone's like, he just beat him clean, though. Hulk pinned him Ladies one, two, three with the leg drop, and Brett comes out. 97. And the main event of the evening sanctioned by the Washington, D.C. Athletic Commission and the WCW. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight championship of the world. Wrestling fans, are you ready? And defending heavyweight champion of the world, Hollywood. And says, restart it, that's bullshit. Eugene, he just lost. Like, he just lost. Then Bret Hart gets back in there. Sting puts Hogan in the Scorpion Deathlock, which is a tribute to Bret and to the old colorful Sting, and Hogan taps. How does that make any sense with what? And I hope I was clear on that description. What was supposed to happen would have been fine. Would have put Brett because over. They still they still did that, but it was still. A, but at that but, point, but the one. Yeah, the, the one difference was Hulk got in Patrick's ear in the back and said, count normal. And Patrick thought, OK, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Why so wouldn't stupid. have been kicked then? I, I don't know. It, that's wow. a great question. That's an absolute. I don't know. Because, well, well, I mean, here's the thing. Because, because I, if I've you're heard... staying right, if you're staying a kick out's not in the script. Right. And I don't mean to say that word. I know it's kind of a bad word, even though Dave's like you say fake, though, nope. you piece of shit. Script is but okay. I mean, like, but um, but if I'm staying and I know that I'm going to I'm not going to kick out, it's just going to be a fast count. It's going to be an obnoxiously fast count. So to where it's like he didn't even one, two, three, you know, that's what it was going to be. And so like Sting so, didn't have it in him to kick out because he wasn't told to. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I, I keep going back to a segment I heard on on another podcast. Uh, you know, 83 Weeks is a great podcast. We all listen to it. And they talk about this. And 
I could have sworn that there was some speculation that they were saying that Sting didn't look good. He looked pale, which, by the way, I disagree with. I think right Sting here, yeah. looks great here. He still looks in but phenomenal that's shape. That's irrelevant. He looks it, tan. No, no, no. I'm asking because what they said was is that everything went the way it was supposed to by day of. They knew the plan was Sting was going to win, but Sting had shown up. And Hogan starts getting in Bischoff's ear and says, he doesn't look good, brother. Yes. I don't think this is going to work. Good point. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, but, can we elaborate brother, on that? You bit? notice that, like, Bischoff's like a politician, and so is Hogan. Where I'm with you. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get that straight. The, the question that I would ask is, so wh- who told Nick Patrick what? But Bischoff's answer is, well, we got to fast. We got to rewind back to the beginning of the night when Sting came in not looking in shape or whatever. Okay. Great Bischoff. Sounds good. Sting looked like shit. Uh, wasn't tan. Uh, Which I disagree with. Uh, he looks good and tan. Well, no, right. But I mean, like, and it smelled like leftover beans. Okay, fine. Whatever. Like, whatever. What, what happened to the end? You still obviously booked Sting to go over. Who got in Patrick's ear? Yeah. Hey, hey, tell me. Let's talk more about how Sting looks like shit. Okay, Bischoff, you're fucking deviating from the question. Who the fuck told Nick Patrick to change the count? Yep, Sting looked bad. Okay, you're not going to answer my fucking question. That's what Bischoff does. That's what Hogan does. Brother, I don't know anything, brother. Bischoff was the guy who made that call, brother. I talked to Nick Patrick. I told him this or whatever, brother. But it is what it is. Okay, Hogan, did you tell Nick Patrick that Bischoff told you to change the finish? Look, brother, I don't know what's going on. All I know, brother, is that Sting, his head wasn't in it, brother. Okay, Hogan, fuck, for the love of God. Who told Nick Patrick? Do you feel my pain? It's like nobody wants to answer the question, the one question that will shed light on it. It's because they're all Liars. I, I guess They're my thing, liars. you know, and I, I, hate, I hate to, and it's true, they are liars. The one thing I, I'm still hanging my head on a little bit, Jess, is that when when Hogan um, kicks out on Saturday Night Main Event with Andre, he does it at two. And it's the same count, but they still count it, right? I, I just thought in my mind. Even a better point that, that you're going to make right now. Even Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, even, even in my mind. That if it was a fast count, Sting would kick out after the fast count. Like he would right at a regular three, but he missed it because it was a fast count. I thought he would still kick. Or to your right? point, they should so have booked he, it as. When he doesn't, kick at, all, when he doesn't yeah. kick at all, I'm like, no, they changed it and Sting was good with it. But that was not what was supposed to go down until day up. You say all, that, you my, say all great things. You say all intelligent yeah. things. And I mean it. Like, I, I don't know. And and no one's ever answered it clearly it's still to still baffling, day. right? It, it's the way it was written out. If they did the fast count and Brett came out there and changed it. It would it would have benefited everybody. Did, it would have it would have put did Brett Sting over. Did Sting ever comment on it? By the way, did I don't. He ever I say? do. I don't think so. I could be wrong. I've never heard him comment on it. I'm gonna dig back. Yeah, I'm fine. That's. I don't know. What do you think, Craig? I, I think I don't know if Craig. I think you were over at my house, Craig, when we watched the pay per view. I I just looking back now, just it, you can just build it yourself. It's just like save whatever Brett's going to do for Monday and 15 months. Like you said earlier, just give Sting the win clean as possible on Sunday night. Like, like it doesn't hurt anybody. Just give people that moment and don't force or it. You, and you, then you try could, to put you Brett fuck, like, you know, hey, Craig, you could even fuck Sting over on Sunday and have all the ratings for Monday and have Brett come out and say, this is bullshit. We're doing this over again and have him win it on Monday and have everybody go fucking nuts and have the ratings go through the roof for the next six weeks. To I'm months. glad you mentioned that, Dave, because I didn't put that on my notes. So after this whole debacle, they actually rematched. <laughs> they rematched the next night on Nitro. And guess what happened, Dave? The same exact ending. And I'm not lying to you. The, a normal three count. Everything <laughs> happened exactly the fucking same. I'm not lying to you. I wish I was. So it, doesn't it mean that that's, it, that's Hogan then, right? That's Hogan not I, liking I, whatever. Yes. That doesn't work for me, brother, on Sunday. And the only thing he was okay with is that whole convoluted clusterfuck. And that's repeated on Monday because I agree with that also. And I'm not going to go through this again. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's why that's why I believe they, they changed it and Sting said, okay, whatever you want to do. This was, you know, even more than the NWO sold out thing. That was more of like a behind the scenes, just kind of like, oh, we fucked up. We shouldn't have made a branded pay-per-view, whatever. This was now, now, now the audience the sees this. Now the audience sees this flaw. The payoff that you wanted all of us to invest in. We cheered Sting coming from the rafters for 15 months. He would come in every now and then, attack Hogan, leave, go back up. People loved it. Oh, my God. The I mean, even if you want to bring Brett into the main event, I agree with you, Craig. I think you're right. Leave Brett out of it. Let Brett do something on Monday the next night. But even if you want to do it, if the fast count happened legitly as a fast count and Brett comes down, 
that's great for Brett. That actually would get people. Right. You know, that, that's fine. It was I, fine. I'm, You're right. Yeah, I'm a referee from earlier in the night. I'm not going to fu- I just came from a company <laughs> that that treats their athletes like this. Fuck you. I'm not doing this. Fucking restart it right now. I'm the ref. Get in there, Hogan, you chicken shit. And then he actually literally he grabbed <laughs> Hogan and threw Hogan in. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Like That'd be great. But the Would one thing great. that needed to happen was the, the speed of the count did not happen because someone got in Patrick's ear behind the scenes and nobody wants to. The guy, Eric Bischoff, the guy. I don't know. I don't know. Wasn't Sting out of shape? Wasn't Sting not tan? OK, that, that's irrelevant, Bischoff. Answer the question. Who fucking changed the ending? Yeah, Sting. He could, His hair could have been conditioned a little bit more, I think, too. As a matter of fact, you look like shit. Like, no, Bischoff. Fuck. Like, answer the question. Hogan, just, same thing. I, same thing. I, and I just. Disagree. I disagree with all that. Just watching the video right now, Ugh. I disagree with it anyway. Yeah, I mean, you, he doesn't. He, nah, leave leave Brett out of it. You're right. Make it clean. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. It's a great point, and all the points you brought up are great. I don't have an answer. Is my thing, and that's why I'm no, saying. No, I'm saying like even even though he looks, that's bullshit. You're right. I, I don't right. agree with it. Right. Yeah. I I believe Bischoff when he says that Sting was going through some shit, but like again, you still booked it for him to win. Does that make sense? If you didn't want, if you, oh, Sting's, his mind's not into it. He's not mentally in it or whatever. You just book Hulk to win and you have him cheat. And that would suck. That would still fuck everything up and deflate the whole 15 months. But if you don't believe that he's a good employee for you, which I refuse to believe about Sting to back up Dave's point, which is bullshit because Sting's always been game. um, Then you make Hogan cheat to win. And then, yeah, like, you know, Craig said and Dave said the next pay-per-view, maybe Sting gets his revenge and wins or whatever, whatever. But you purposely built this to Starcade, their big marquee show, 17,500 people at the MCI arena. You fucking pay off. You deliver. When, and you when didn't. Does, and you when didn't. does Sting win the title, Jess? When does well, he eventually win it? They hold it up after the Monday Night Show rematch where they do the same fucking thing. J.J. Uh, Dillon, who's J.J. Yeah. Like, Dillon, who is the on-screen commissioner, says, you know what? I'm vacating the belt and the winner of Sting versus Hogan at Super Brawl coming up in February will be the new champion. So they did. They still did chicanery at that rematch, but it was a lot more clean to their defense and sting ends up beating Hogan and finally getting the title in February of 97, 98, excuse me, 98. I believe so. Sting covers one, two, Yeah, okay. And that's where Macho Man would go on and defeat Steam. For no reason. At, at spring. For no reason. Just springs out of pain. It's actually this for a big, a, you'll read on it for a big reason, and we'll all see it when yeah. you read it. Yeah, this is beginning to show the division between Nash and Hogan, uh, you know, on stage and probably in real life as well. So the next time on Nitro, Hogan would, uh, would defeat, Stavage, uh, sorry, defeat Savage to recapture the title. Oh, this was the final happen? straw for Nash. As he declared war on Hogan and told the other NW members to pick sides. What's he doing? What? My God, what's, what is he doing? Bret Hart pulled Hogan on top of Savage. What's he doing? Bret Hart, one, two, Hogan, Hogan wins the world. So they sacrifice. So, so Sting finally gets his way and gets to go over at Super Brawl Fair, which is the right thing to do for the storyline. But Hulk's a cocksuck sure. and probably politics for Macho to win the belt, not because he loves Macho and he wanted Macho to have, you know, shit. It's so I could beat you the next night, brother, and take Sting out of the equation. Since everyone's like, you're not beating Sting, Hogan. Like, that's the whole storyline is Sting beating you. You cannot beat Sting. That's fine. Then Macho will beat Sting and then I will beat Macho. Like, that's God. Damn it. I I don't know how I was a Hulkamaniac for so long. Like, he's an asshole behind the scenes, and he did it again. <laughs> he found a way. It took another two months, but he found a way to loop back around and be like, yeah, get the title off Sting. Hey, Mach, I'm beating you the next night. Fuck me. Like, holy shit. Like, it's... This is, I mean, the wheels were starting to fly off the bus here in WCW. However, in 98, they're still doing record ratings and record business. But on a side note... uh, uh, in 98, April 6th, Monday Night Raw would uh, win the ratings from a 4.7 to a 4.6. And that ends the 83-week win streak at WCW. I, and we talk about this. We know there's a lot of 
a lot of channel flippers, and we were certainly those guys. We'd go back and forth. So it wasn't purely like 9 million people watching, but there was probably a good 6, 7 million people watching. And uh, this is the first time where Raw actually beats out uh, Nitro to end that streak for that 83 weeks. Cuz, uh, are, are you there, Cuz? What, uh, what match was that? I can't remember. Mick Foley versus The Rock. With, no. Hey, Sorry. It was it was not. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, so now what's going on? <laughs> I I gave you an underhand pitch. Jesus Christ! I don't even know. I can't even start with you. So no, no. I thought you said the when- first time that that Raw ever beat Nitro was who was in the main event? Who drew that that rating to get people to finally <sighs> tune into Raw more? Oh, Stone Cold Vince! Oh, god. god damn it! The one handed yes. match. The one handed die one hand. Yes. I'm up your back. You son of a bitch. The the Vince and Stone Cold feud had become so hot that finally Austin was already champion here at this point where he finally sure. got Vince in the corner. He's like, you son of a bitch. You're the evil owner. You're the one that's been screwing me. I want you in the ring. And then McMahon said, fine, I'll meet you in the main event of Raw tonight. If you tie one hand behind your back, then I'll take you on. And so that already with everything getting hot, WWF secretly had been getting very hot, even though they'd been losing the ratings at the beginning of 98. It was like astronomical. It was like Nitro would get a 4.1. Raw would get a 3.7. I mean, when when was Raw in the threes last you heard? You know what I mean? Like, so Raw was getting strong. WWF was getting strong. And uh, and that finally, that storyline caught fire. And Austin was on fire and became the second coming of Hulk Hogan on the other channel. And people just started relating to him about, yeah, fuck your boss up. Get him, get him. Uh, the payoff. Okay, oh, so Jess... When, because my mind's blown, because in my head, I always thought what Cuss, how Cuss, uh, Cuss answered your question was Shivani, the moment they started winning the war, no, was, Shivani led him to go watch no, that guy. That was something else. Yeah, I'll get to when that. When did that happen? That, that always happened, that was the that same happened a year yeah, later. That after. And that was, that was WCW's last yeah, breath. Yeah, that's that was. Just one thing. Just one thing. You said you could beat Vince McMahon with one arm tied behind your back. I put it in the notes here. That was their last, like, they knew WWF was kind of pulling away a year later at this point. It was getting way worse in the ratings. And so Bischoff's like, yeah, and I don't want to give too much away. But no, that was a year later. This was the moment. It was Stone Cold against Vince with one Austin. with broke broke the streak, right? That yeah, yeah that, that people were so hot, and it had been building for months. It wasn't overnight. WWF was sneaking up. You know, Nitro would win uh, four point one to a two point eight before, and that was bad. But then at the end of ninety seven, when Austin caught fire, all of a sudden you started noticing that yes, Nitro was winning, but Raw was getting a three point one, a three point two, a three point three, yeah, a three point four. They were gaining every week, and like, and then this was the culmination. So yeah, like this is when it's ironic, like. Three months after they blow the fucking sting angle, which might have held WWF off for a little while longer, which would have been great for wrestling in general because both companies would have still continued to swell up. Right. So it would have been good for everybody. But WCW just could not fucking get the sting angle right. In the meantime, on the other channel, they were doing everything right. And, you know, Vince is the pro. Vince is the genius. Right. He knew it. He knew it. But that's. And he's fucking he's fucking massive. Yeah. By the way. God, yeah. Vince is so, yeah. So, I mean, like that. Uh, I'll let you go, Dave, again, because we are running super long. But at the same time, like, yeah, this that's a great question, Craig, because you're right. We're, we're not even to Wolfpack yet, are we? We're right there. No, we're, we're there, there right we're, now. We're, we're like, so yeah. that we're honestly right on it. That's that's his own splinter of the NWO. It's called the Wolfpack. Their colors were black and red, as opposed to the original black and white. Uh, those original members that came in with Nash were Macho Man and Conan, and they began to pull other members from Hogan's NWO, such as Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, Miss Elizabeth, and a new member altogether, Lex Luger, who actually tries to immediately recruit Sting. And on the June 1st edition of Monday Nitro, Sting would swerve everyone by wearing a black and white NWO shirt, but then he would attack Hogan instead and reveal the Wolf Pack red and black colors on that particular segment. I, uh, not to, yeah, again, I went and that was one of the things I watched actually in preparation for this or whatever. That crowd went fucking nuts when Sting like Sting comes out and 
and takes his trench coat off and it's the black and white. The crowd legitly gasps, like gasps, like, oh, no, come on. <laughs> like, come on. Like they were literally like, not. No, come on. Like, Sting, there's no way you can do that after all this stuff. It's proof that that should have been the payoff over a year. Yeah. Hulk grabs him. and uh, That's a great statement um, and totally true. So Hogan and Sting hug. And right when Hogan goes to break away from the hug, Sting clotheslines him. And that place goes fucking nuts. Like, it's just, it shows a hot both promotions here. Nitro was so hot back here still, even though we're talking about the missteps here. Like, they're still huge. And, like, play, play, and Sting rips, he he struggles to rip the shirt off, by the way. It's, it's kind of funny. And then he finally rips it off from the bottom up and gets it to tear and goes with that. And then when it shows the red, like the place goes even louder than it did before. So he was officially this is when he wore the stupid red face paint afterwards, by the way, which I hated. But um, people love Sting and they loved him in the Wolfpack. And this was like the face faction of the NWO versus Hogan's uh, heel black and white, basically, is what they were trying to do here. And WCW would go back to Robin for Bash of the Beach in 98, and this would be Hogan and him teaming up against DDP and Carl Malone in the main event, which not as bad as it sounds, um, by the way. No, uh, and I just want to say to this, uh, you don't realize the damage this did to the NBA and uh, American sports fans in general, unless you you go back and watch The Last Dance uh, on ESPN this they last They were in the summer. finals, you, right? You realize, yeah, you realize the damage that Dennis Rodman and this whole side gig of his and this hustle did to the Chicago yeah. Bulls and a lot of oh, they were a fucking lot of living, money. bro. It was fantastic. Oh, and he I, missed I practices and shit. It. Yeah, he missed practices yeah. and everything. Yeah. And they let it happen. She was with Carmen Electra and they just let it happen. They were just like, yeah, Dennis is going to be Dennis. He'll be yeah. back. And he was. It turns out he was like he never. And posting up amazing rebounds, too, because Dennis Rodman was actually a yeah, good basketball player. He just he, he always did his job when he was called upon. He just he needed to be, uh, do what he needed to do. So. But Dave, before you no, read that not, sentence, not to go, mention, go back and read the the first sentence. The there. fucking uh, the what? You go back and read the first sentence there. I mean, I I totally like the way you jumped to the Malone thing because that's super important to touch on. But what happened on July sixth before that, Dave? sixth edition of Nitro Goldberg would defeat Hollywood Hogan for the WCW World Championship in front of 30,000 fans at the Georgia Dome. This was one week before the Bash at the Beach pay-per-view, actually. WCW would win the ratings that night, 4.8 to 4.0. These numbers are massive. That, and that's why I want you um, to say that, because, like, good God, I mean, right? Like, think about that. Like, for like we're we're in in night you know like we're complaining oh raw lost that week raw lost with a 4.0 are you joking right now like that anybody would yeah, kill to have insane. half that in cable back at the time and and nitro went to the 4.8 are you fucking kidding me and it just shows how big yeah, goldberg, goldberg was, was here too monster. and like yeah like goldberg like but they did it but they, this is you know a lot of people criticize WCW for this too they gave this match away on free tv i'm not as opposed to that i'm more opposed to they did it 
on the go home show before Bash at the Beach, where Hulk was teaming with Rodman to face Malone and DDP. You're just you're muddying your own water. Like Hogan was champion, that's fine. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just save it for the next pay per view and have Goldberg beat Hogan at the next pay per view? And and to I guess to back everybody's point up, not have it on free TV because you're you're gearing up for a pay per view a week later with two mainstream stars in basketball, Malone and Rodman, but yet you decide to get the belt off Hogan a week before. And I don't know, it just kind of muddied everything. I, do you guys agree with that? I just feel it's weird. Like they were just so rushing here. Well, I, like uh, B- B- Bishop, Bishop was fighting between what was more important pay-per-view or TV. I think too, um, there, there's, there's a lot to be said there. And he, he understood that TV was inherently more important than what was initially intended. But at the end of the day, what what is king, right? And now you'd argue that TV is totally king because it's just the network now. There is no pay per view per se. But um, back in those days, I think I think Bischoff created his own struggle there. What do you do? Where where do you have this happen? Where does Goldberg take care of business? Is it on pay per view or is it in front of thirty thousand people in a four point eight? I mean, seriously. That's the question. Is that the question, right? Yeah. I mean, am, am yeah. I nuts? No, that, that's that's the problem. You're right. And we always talk about it in past episodes, too. Bischoff was kind of changing the landscape here, too. Before it was like you used your free TV as like an info commercial to get people to pay for your because obviously more people are going to watch their free stuff on Nitro, right? Than pay for the pay-per-view. Yeah. But at the same time, that's what you want. You want to drive up pay-per-views by on your free television getting people's yeah. appetite wet to buy. Let's be real, Jess. You know? No one's watching closed circuit anymore. That's long right. Long. And so, but Bischoff changed it. Bischoff was like, wait a minute, I'm actually going to use my pay-per-views to draw people to tune in the next on a nitro. And for good or yeah. bad, that's just the whole industry. Right. Now, now it's all like that. It was, that's not a bad idea. Like that's about, you know, 15 years, a little early for that, but like, that's, that's a, that's a strategy, right? Like, and it, and it worked. like, just have it reverse from what, like common, um, common thinking, like, let it drive TV because that's where the future is going to be kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and they're giving big money, right? Advertisers yeah. are giving big money. And then the, the networks like USA and TNT and all that are giving big money to have their show on there. So yeah, it's like, for well, sure. Obviously I want yeah. bigger ratings. So when, when our contracts up, they're going to give me more money like for staying on their network. So it's like, no, I get it. You're right. And, and Bischoff saw it before Vince even did, I think to a certain extent. And again, more credit to Bischoff, but here it just was so muddied because like, I think Bischoff cared about ratings so much more than anything else. And when WWF started beating him, I think it bothered the shit out of him. So he was sacrificing good future storylines or good future pay-per-view matches and just giving them on free TV because I, I want to just win this week, just this week. And he did get that. But unfortunately, that's not a long-term strategy. And WWF would prove the attrition on that end of it and just power past them because they were thinking storyline-wise. They were thinking what's going to happen in four months from now, um, where Bischoff was like, I just got to win next week. What are we doing next week? Did yeah. we win next week? Did, and I think this is where Bischoff started to get burnt out here. And he talks about yeah. it a lot in his podcast. He starts to get burnt out from executives. And, you know, the merger happened here. And, like, so. Yeah, yeah. The a lot of big merger, contracts, yeah. a lot of uh, fingers in the mix and a lot of people saying what they want and no almost like he's losing a bit of control over what should happen and what's best for business kind of at this point like yeah there's a yeah. lot of eagles to deal with he's yeah and, and, and he's burning the, the candle uh, at both ends he's the executive vice president and he's a, a very popular heel on the on-screen you know part of it so it's like he's yeah. killing himself literally like he's burning his candle at both ends so the issues with the nwo original the ogs and you know the wolf pack uh, they they go on for the remainder of the year. Uh, small side note: WCW would win the ratings battle on October 29th, nineteen ninety eight. This is the last time they would win the ratings battle ever, ever. That's it. And at Starcade ninety eight, Kevin Nash defeated Goldberg to win the WCW World Championship and end his undefeated streak. We've talked about this several times in our archives. Just a really bad move. I, I'm pretty sure Nash is in charge of creative at this point because Bischoff is burned out. Um, Bischoff would also, by the way, defeat Ric Flair to keep total control of WCW. However, Flair would beat him in a rematch the next night on Nitro and become executive VP at WCW. 
And this effectively ended the NWO until. Well, and before you say that, too, guy? actually, that just backed all of our conversation up about, you know, Flair loses on Starcade the pay-per-view for no reason. And then the next night yeah. he wins to get ratings. So to every, to the thing you were just saying, Bischoff's all about, yeah. I need the ratings up because that's my advertising dollars and stuff. So it just proves If Flair loses on a pay-per-view and people find out about it, they're going to tune in for the rematch yeah. on Nitro the next night to see Flair get his get his comeuppance right so yeah that that that's it so but then you think the NWO is over until you get the lovely finger poke of doom this is it yeah, Craig this is some worship yeah so at the beginning of ninety nine WCW knew they needed to do something to respond to the WWF they're pulling away and the ratings hard they needed a spark so why not go back to what worked in the first place. So on a January 99, uh, 1999 Nitro, live from the same arena where Goldberg defeated Hogan, a rematch between uh, Kevin Nash and Goldberg was scheduled to the main event. This was supposed to be Goldberg's revenge and a chance to avenge the loss from Starcade. But instead, we get this truly embarrassing storyline where Miss Elizabeth accused Goldberg of sexually harassing her. The Atlanta PD comes in. He probably did it, to be fair. He probably did. (laughs) He probably did. did. (laughs) And arrested Goldberg. Hogan, who made his first appearance on Nitro since November because he didn't have to make that many appearances, he offers to step in and challenge Nash to settle the score between the NWO, uh, you know, factions, you know, red and, and, and black once and for all. When it came time for the main event, Nitro went to a commercial break. Right before they did, Bishop decided to use an old trick he used in 95. He would read the results of a tape Monday Night Raw and attempt to keep viewers tuned into Nitro. And that may have worked in 95 because the, the stuff they were putting out in 95 was was shit. You know, here, you want to know what happened? Here's what happened. You're like, oh, I'm not going to fucking tune into that. And then you were watching all these great new faces come in. Right. But what they didn't what they didn't realize in my mind is that people fucking love Mick Foley. So when they when they meaning. Uh, WCW and and not not their announcer at the time. I, I don't want to give Shivani that kind of shit because he was told to say this, right? They said, "Oh, that'll put some butts in the seats." Mick Foley is going to win their version of the WWF title uh, over there. That'll put some butts in the seat in the seats. And this that was the biggest channel flip from from one faction to the other, from WCW over to WWF ever to see him win the title for the first time because people were in love with Cactus Jack, do you know, do love Mick Foley, whatever you want to call it, right? And um but but what what's happening on Nitro is that uh Hogan and Nash they circled the ring, they faced each other. Hogan would walk up to Nash, poke him in the chest with his finger. Nash would bump from it like he was shot. Hulk would cover Nash for the three count and win the WCW World uh WCW championship. Raw would win those ratings with a tape show. This is a 5.7 to a 5. What just happened here? Ladies and gentlemen, the winner, the new WCW World Heavyweight Champion, Hollywood channel To our competition fans, do not. Like, but in Mick Foley said it best on his documentary. He said, when you look at the numbers and then you look at the amount of people that changed over after 
Tony Schiavone said yeah. that he's like, they might have won the ratings war that night. And they actually had a product that people wanted to see. And think about that 5.7 to 5.0. Are you fucking kidding me again? Yeah. Like what? Fuck. Like these ratings are gigantic, but like it's, it was the fatal mistake because Dave will read on here about how fast it go, just falls and like yeah, it's just this is it was the last I, time. I, I, so they're in the Georgia Dome, right? The same arena that Goldberg beat Hogan months before. They don't even have Goldberg in the main event like he's advertised. They do a stupid, shitty sexual harassment or sexual uh, assault storyline. Take him out of the main event. They do a finger poke of doom to reform the NWO to try to get that formula back to unite the yeah. NWO black and white and the wolf pack. So they put them back together here. Bischoff and them thought this is what's going to get everyone's attention. Instead of having Goldberg in front of his hometown, in front of 30,000 people, beat Nash to erase that bullshit loss at Starcade. Again, it's like Sting. He needed that win. He needed that. That's what his character is. It's <laughs> it's pure fire and fucking desire, and I'm gonna fucking get you. And like so they they two oh, years Mandy in a row they Sony fuck it up. Right. Like there you go. I just realized though, like to your point, like they, they reformed the faction. Goldberg gets his ass handed to him. Luger puts him in a torture rack, which would never fucking happen. But whatever. Yeah. As we're talking, even then, I'm watching this. It's terrible. I hope yes. I hate Goldberg. It's awful. It's oh it's it's awful. I just yeah, I want to but go to get bed. this. You, if you're going to reform the faction, it should be black and white, right? What did they spray paint Goldberg's in uh, red? Back it's like in? they kind of became the fucking red. Like you can't even get it right. Like you went to Depot and you picked the wrong fucking color, <laughs> assholes. Like he sucks. What is wrong Goldberg with you? Sucks. Like Jesus, everything about it is wrong and stupid. And you've got Steiner out there. You got fucking Luger out there, which doesn't make any sense. You think Luger would be like, well, fuck, I'm not. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. It's it's fucking nuts. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and it just doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense. So, and the rest of ninety nine, like you said, it's just, this is Jess has called it this several times. This is circling the bowl. You know, the the swirls happen. The toilet's been flushed. But think about We're when we last left them. Yeah. We last left them at a five point seven to a five point oh. Still yeah. astronomical. The drop here yeah. is amazing. Like it's sad. It's so yeah. bad. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, we, we, you know, Bischoff is so burned out, burning the candle at both ends. Um, you know, he's he's having all these executive duties and the on-screen character. He makes Kevin Nash. He puts him uh, put in front of creative in '99. He makes Kevin Nash um, head of creative. Holy yeah, shit! It's, it's insane. By the way, and even even Vince McMahon like, has been yeah. burning the candles at both ends for forty years. So yeah, and even I, yeah. well, that's evident. Just just so everyone knows. <laughs> That's evident. Sure, I can see that now as a problem. Um, well, how yeah. many years later though? He's fucking seventy something. That's true. That's true. I, Bishop did it for four years. Yeah. Like, get over yourself, right? <laughs> After three months of confusing storylines that only serviced Nash and those close to him behind the scenes, uh, WCW's attendance and ratings really began to dive. Uh, Eric Bischoff was suspended in September by Turner Executives because of the the ratings decline and attendance decline. And then in July of 99, the NWO was no more. Hogan would return to wrestling in his yellow and red by August of 99. Nash would lose a retirement match to Hogan at Road Wild. Um, it's just it's oh, no crazy. Hog Wild, David? No Hog Wild? The no motorcycles. <laughs> it, says, it says Road Wild. Piece of shit event. <laughs> yeah, it says Road Wild. I don't know. I mean, I, I almost felt like I read it wrong, to be honest with you. No, I, I, I didn't mean to throw no, you. Did. That was, yeah. Yeah. Dare you <laughs> say Hogan's the best and the worst thing to happen to professional wrestling? It's it's it is a discussion that would that would need to be right. had. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about he was suspended in September of '99 by Turner, but then he was brought back, right? I don't see that in the notes. They they did bring him back for like a minute, didn't they? Uh, no, Bischoff. Yes, he would come back and kind of team with Russo yeah, in the back. He would come back to it. But yeah, I mean, there there was like that one last gas, right? There was an ill-fated attempt to reform the NWO um, at the very end of 99. Uh, the group consisted of Bret Hart, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. They would adopt the colors of the silver and black. The Raiders are awesome. I will. I refuse to read what you fucking wrote here, Jess. I, I, no, no, you won't get that out of me. Go fuck yourself. Um, and that group only lasted a, a couple of months. Um, one one thing too, I mean, I know we're going to discuss this this little legacy piece here 
Um, you know, the NWO was brought back one more time in the realm of Vince right. McMahon, but it, you know, in the WWE, but it was purely brought back to destroy it. Right. I mean, that's, that's why they did it. Vince won. So this is him getting his, he's just taking him, he's just taking him to the show. I will remember the pop though. He's, after people were already leaving top. SmackDown and Vince was doing his whole, I'm going to inject the WWF with a lethal dose of or the poison and me and the and when he turned around in that chair said NWO the pop in that crowd even though like like almost half of the crowd had left already because talk talk about yeah but still hey it got a great pop though just came out (laughs) out of nowhere just waiting for the contract wait so it was it was on SmackDown it was like the last moment of SmackDown with just an NWO image in the the back and Vince was doing a promo and it was like everyone thought SmackDown was over already so people started leaving and then like that you still heard that loud ass pop even though a lot of the crowd had left already. So I'm that cool. shows you, you know, NWO was still, people were still loving it, but obviously it was never going to be the same. What I've created, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill my creation. I'm going to inject the WWF with a lethal dose of poison. If anybody's going to kill my creation, I'm going to do it. Me. And the NWO. Really like this concept that we're covering here, the NWO, was so amazing when we were discussing the 1996 era, right? The lawn dart stuff, the, the, the small details, the everything. And then we end up here where it just kind of peters out and like it just sort of like declines it's just it's backstage politics it's they started with the fucking up of sting and then the fucking up again of goldberg and like they just couldn't they just couldn't get out of their own way and and politics are bad man like you know the the contracts were terrible and bad and like i don't know what else to say you know like how to end this it's like it's one of the most famous factions ever if not the most famous but like it the end was so fucking sad Uh and brutal to watch and Uh and god like i don't even know i'm disappointed that we didn't talk about another blunder the warrior debuting against hogan in wcw well you're right no that's i actually consider putting that in too yeah that was a a big blunder blunder as well you're right yeah, they the NWO up. was still a thing here, and yeah, they, they brought the Warrior in, and that was awful, and that's considered one of the worst pay-per-view matches yeah. of all time, by the way, Warrior versus Hogan and Halloween Havoc 98. We were there live, and we all groaned together. Um, it's just... It, I, I, are, we, are we talking about yes, One World Nation? the moment one of yeah, she being on WCW uh, Night Show, that, that so. was a pretty cool moment, uh, you know. No, it was, and they, yeah. they, had a lot of, they had a lot of bright spots in there in 98, for sure, and they still were putting it crowds in the buildings, but that's another one. Besides the ratings, the, to watch the crowd, like, at the 30,000 people in January of 1999, and then at the end of the year, they they would they would rent an 8,000-seat arena and barely put 2,000 people in them, and, like, we went to Halloween Havoc 2000. And uh, and Craig has that famous story that I think I told in our first episode ever yeah. about Jeff Jarrett fucking with him. Um, they went to the Irvine. That wasn't like the, cool. Like the Irvine cool. Civic Center. They had Nitro in the next night. And that only held like 8000 people. They barely got 1500 people in that building. And like, it's so sad. It's so sad. And, and it all. And no tickets for us. By yeah, the way, no t- uh, yeah. We'll call. Jeff Jarrett promises free tickets and then pretty much said, fuck, I was just kidding. I'm lying, which the joke's on him because 1500 people want, want. But like, I mean, it's- <laughs> I wasn't going anyway because I was super hungover. <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so I don't know. You I'm know, I, I don't know how to Jeff end <laughs> this in the sense of like, God, all, all I it. remember from that story, which I believe is in our archives at just tells this is, hey, sober up. Yeah. Yetch. I w- to Craig. You can pick the music, Mr. Jarrett. I will just drive in you whatever song you want to play. And then Jarrett goes, I'm honestly considering this. I swear to God. Yeah. To like Jeremy Borash or whoever he's talking to. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, what do you say? You know, I don't know how to end this because I think it's appropriate that we don't have to end it because look at the beginning. Look at what they meant. I don't think I don't think they knew how the to end, end it. No, you're, you're totally right. <laughs> 
The NWO meant so much to wrestling when it first started out. It changed everything. It really did. Bischoff did a lot of things that revolutionized this sport, and he deserves credit for them. Hogan reinvented himself. Hall and Nash reinvented themselves. Like, it just sting with the crow gimmick that he still wears to this day, you know, is is all, oh, my God, like, Everything was so legendary about it. And there were so many legendary spots. But as we talked about the 98, 99 era, it just fuck like, I don't know what happened. And there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. Bischoff talks a lot about it on podcasts. Stuff was happening behind the scenes. The mergers were happening. So all his top executives changed. One day Bischoff has he's right next to Ted Turner. Ted Turner's like, whatever you want to do, kid. The next day, it's a it's a fleet of corporate execs going, why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? And how come you're saying this? And that that sponsor's offended. And that's this and that. And then Bischoff has to deal now with all of this stuff while he's an on-screen character while a vicious Monday night war is going on. He's got an answer to, I don't know why he said, why he said, damn it. I don't know why he said that. I don't know why he alluded to this. I don't know. Well, your sponsor's not happy Bischoff. You got to fix it. You know, and he was facing all of that. So in his defense in 98, it got really rough politically in the back on top of the shitty contracts that he gave. Well, not shitty for Hogan Hall and Nash, but the shitty contracts that he would give wrestlers like that with creative control, with elevating pay scales, where if somebody else got hired limited dates, yeah, limited dates went like, for example, when Bret Hart got brought in Hall, Nash and Hogan all got raises because part of their original contracts were if they're not in the top tier or the top 25% of the paid talent, then they required that raise to bump them up. So when Bret Hart came aboard and got that massive $3 million a deal, uh, $3 million a year deal contract, Hogan, Hall and Nash all got bumps up to match that tier, if that makes any sense. So WCW was just fucking throwing money out like to people like, and even if they didn't earn it, even if they were faking knee injuries and not showing up to house shows, Oh, Kevin Nash, Oh, Kevin Nash, excuse me. I have allergies this week. Um, so like people in hall just getting fucking drunk and leaving TV for a while and fucking rehab and all this stuff. He got paid every cent of it, every penny of his fucking contract. And that also fucked them over. They have these guys they're investing so much money into that have the name power, but they can't use them. It's just already we've gone two hours right in the, in this single recording and all of that still happened that we never talked about because that's another episode altogether. So it's like, man, like the NWO started so much shit, didn't they? Like, I mean, it's like, it, it's the best angle and the worst to ever happen to WCW. Well, you can also, you can also argue the fact that there wouldn't be no, there wouldn't be a downside guarantee for wrestlers now in the major federations without the NWO because they had uh, Vince and the team had to do that just to be competitive. Like, look, this is the least amount you make, but if you do well and you're on more TV and you're in, you're in more main events, you can make a lot more than that. But here's your downside: even if we don't use you on television, you're still going right. to make this. Even if you come to, sh- you just have to come to shows and see what your involvement is, if anything. Um, that that wouldn't exist without the NWO and without the change in WCW. So it, it brings around a lot of good things too. But it also brought around some bad things at the time, uh, and that's why you didn't see those three guys wrestle some ever again, and some not for a really long time because they got to sit on those guaranteed contracts for many years later before they even had to set foot into yeah. the WWF because they weren't they weren't coming. It, it's in a whole different subject for sure. Like it's crazy. So. Yeah. They were sitting at home making making a ton of money. To end it though, nothing. I want to I want to bring Cuz into this and Craig as well. Cuz I know yeah, you were please. younger. What did the NWO mean to you? I know you talked about how you saw <laughs> Hall come out and it changed. You're like, what the fuck's happening? What I mean, what do you feel about it looking back at that whole run, everything they did? Still one of my favorite times in wrestling ever. I mean, other than of course Stone Cold Steve Austin, but man, the first uh, the first bad guys were even I as a kid. Who was always, you know, taught like bad. These, these are bad guys. You're not supposed to like them, and blah blah blah. Not not from wrestling, but just in general. They they made me love bad guys, man. They 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 were a big impact. Like man, they, a lot of the stuff they did is just like I said earlier about um, some of the things like when Hall coming out and and some of the words that Hogan said when he you know became a member of the NWO and some of the things that he said ingrained in my memory. Like almost everything they did, even the shit the shit show that they put on. When, when there was too many member, members in the NWO, all that stuff is ingrained in my head. Big influence on professional wrestling. Big reason why I love professional wrestling. And um, I'll still go say Hogan's probably one of the 
greatest heels of all time. Is is the greatest wrestler ever. So, Thank yeah. you for saying that. Big Kesh. influence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Craig, what do you say? Um, when you're a wrestling nerd, it's always awesome to be in periods where the mainstream comes along with you and you see the NWO t-shirts and people who um, were interested and will be interested in two more years uh, connected with you on the street or just became like TV guides. You'd have like a, a collector series of four different TV guides that you'd get in the supermarket and grocery store. And it'd be that mainstream where they was everywhere. This was one of those periods. Um, and it's all, it was always cool, but it was also emblematic of everything that was wrong with WCW from not controlling when things needed to be controlled to letting kind of, um, everyone backstage kind of rule the roost. Um, uh, but for all it's good and bad, man, change the business forever. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad between the different NWOs and every week and a lot of spray paint. But at the end of the day, you cannot um, you cannot discount uh, the impact that NWO had in wrestling and mainstream media and popular culture, um, and frankly, even before the Attitude Area really kicked in gear. So uh, it props. And ladies and gentlemen, there was a time period in wrestling history where Vince McMahon was not Kingfish, and that was due to the NWO. I think that sums it up perfect in the sense of like. That storyline for that one time, the only time period that Vince hasn't been king was because of the NWO. I mean, that's, I think that's what it should be remembered. Yep. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcast. And don't forget, we're also part of the WrestleHub family, all about wrestling podcasts. Catch them and us at the Wrestle Hub on YouTube and Instagram. This is Dave, Jess, Cousin, Craig with the OWP signing off. Have a good one. 